your glory. We won't settle, we want more. Lord, we cry, pour out your glory. We won't settle, we want more. Lord, we cry, pour out your glory. We won't settle, we want more. Lord, we cry, pour out your glory. We won't settle, we want more. 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 Can I get an amen? amen? Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. You can take your seats this morning. Let's give the best band in the land a hand as you're sitting down. I want you to lift your hands for a moment. I want Pastor Shalom to sing a chorus for us real quickly, and I want this to become alive on the inside of you. The words will be on the screen. You can join him if you'd like. But these words must come alive on the inside of this church here this morning. We've settled for too long. Now there's no more time to waste.
But the church of Jesus Christ has woken up. We've woken up. We've woken up. And there's a remnant of the church of Jesus Christ that's fully awake and fully alive in this very hour, in this very season, in this very house. A people that will refuse to settle for anything less than the fullness of God. A people that will refuse to settle for anything less than revival. A people that will refuse to settle for anything less than God's fullness. A people that have been marked, sealed with the Holy Spirit, filled with the fire of God, overcome, compelled by, captivated by, drawn in, unrelenting and unashamed. We won't settle. We won't settle. Because there are souls in the balance. 15,000 were in the balance yesterday. That's why we can't settle. It's with fear and trembling before God that I attempt to grab hold of the wheel and steer what the Holy Spirit is doing here this morning in this house and in another nation. This is all God's. So it's with fear and trepidation that I even attempt to share some things with you this morning. And my prayer is that today we will meet God and not just hear a sermon about him. My prayer is that we will meet God this morning and not just hear something about him. My prayer is that you'll meet God here this morning and not just hear me yell at you about him. Because that is what the church needs in this hour. Soul-hot preaching. Preaching that convicts and transforms. Preaching that changes things and changes people. So you'll have to bear with me as I bear my soul to you here this morning because I don't know any other way. So I come to you with a message this morning that is on fire on the inside of me. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, who does this girl think she is? tell you, I don't know. I don't know why God chose me. I was full of the devil before his love set me free at an altar. I don't know why he changed me and filled me with his Holy Ghost and fire. I don't know why he has me here preaching to you this morning, but I have to obey him. See, that's what he does. He changes us completely. I'm nobody from a couple of nobodies. And God decided to put his word in my belly and make it come out with fire so that lives can change. See, I refuse to preach to you a message that hasn't pierced my soul. I refuse to preach to you a message that I haven't travailed over. It's what the church has been missing. Tears from preachers. Revival praying, revival preaching, I'm convinced involves tears. There's a burden. Maybe that's why I ran from it for so long. Why I resisted the call on my life for so long because this is painful and it's heavy and souls hang in the balance. Personally, I think dead sermons and dead preachers and dead churches break the heart of God. Lord, I lift up this time to you. I pray that you hide me. Bind me to your will. Bind me to your way. Bind me. Holy Spirit, bend me. Confine me to you. Holy Spirit, I pray that your word go forth in power in the Holy Spirit and in full conviction in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. So we've been in a very important sermon series, The Vision Expands. And today is the conclusion of that sermon series. And it's a very important statement and it's a prophetic declaration. We won't settle. We won't settle. City Reach Church refused to settle for anything less than revival. Refuse to settle for anything less than revival. This is the seventh of seven Holy Ghost strategies given to our pastor. In a time of prayer, when the Lord downloaded to him how Naaman was dipped seven times to become fully restored, it was a prophetic message about the church at large of Jesus Christ, but it applies to this house. We must refuse to settle for anything less than the fullness of God, for anything less than revival. In the hour we are living in, we need revival. True revival is not just important in this hour. It is imperative. God has allowed a shaking in order that the kingdom that cannot be shaken may remain. We need revival God's way, and it is imperative, and we can't settle for anything less. Spirit-born revival. Heaven-directed revival. Earth-shaking revival. Church-awakening revival. Hell-robbing revival. God will not wink at the sins in the church, the nation, and the world much longer. Judgment will come. He is coming back. We need revival as a final act of mercy from an almighty, loving God. We need revival, and in this house, to declare that we won't settle for anything less than true revival. We'll fight for it. We'll contend for it. We'll pray and fast for it. Revival burns away sin and wicked desires. Revival burns away complacency and indifference. Revival melts hard hearts. Revival turns rebellious souls to ones of conviction and repentance. Revival always brings about transformation. Revival restores, recovers, and repairs. Revival brings life, resuscitates, and resurrects. Revival changes the moral climate of a person, a city, a nation. Revival is never meant to die. Hear me and hear me clearly, but it will not survive, thrive, or be sustained on its own. Sustained revival requires expectation, pursuit, and intercession. Revival should not have a three to five day window, a month or even a year run. We should have enough tenacity and love for our Lord, Jesus Christ, that we want nothing less and we refuse to settle for anything less than a sustained move of his spirit in our lives, in our children, and in this church. My new declaration has become Lord, this church will either have a stained revival or a funeral because we won't settle. And I know that's heavy and I know that's harsh and I know that might sound a little mean, but I'm desperate here this morning to pull us where we need to go under God into the next level assigned to this house so that we reach everyone we're assigned to reach. We will either have a revival or a funeral, we won't settle. Say, I won't settle. This morning, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I hope to compel you. Hope to push you a little further into all God has for your life. I hope to push our church a little further into all God has for this church. So I want to preach to you something that's burning in my heart. Zechariah 10.1, go with me now if you have your Bibles. If you don't, it'll be on the screen. Zechariah 10.1, ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. Ask for rain in the time of rain. Ask for rain in the time of the latter rain. Ask for rain in the time of the spring rain. You see the latter rain, the spring rain, it depicts the end time outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we are in that right now. It's raining right now, and the Bible tells us to ask for rain in this hour, to ask for rain when it's raining. 
Zechariah 10, 1, ask the Lord for rain in the time of rain. So before I can take us forward with this word, I need to take us back for a moment. In May of 2018, after preaching at a woman's conference back east, I was on an airplane. And God told me to open up to Deuteronomy 11, that he had a word for this house, this, this land that he had recently brought me and my husband to. He had a word for this house, and this scripture would be a promise and something that would be a hinge that this house would turn on and be moved by. Deuteronomy 11, 10 through 14. For the land which you go to possess is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come. Where you sowed your seed and watered it by foot. Some translations say irrigated it. Irrigation is used when there's no rain. As a vegetable garden. But the land which you cross over to possess, this land, this is now talking about this house in this land, is a land of hills and valleys which drinks water from the rain of heaven. A land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And it shall be that if you earnestly obey my commandments, which I command you today, to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will give you the rain for your land in its season. The early rain and the latter rain that you may gather in your grain, your new wine and your oil. Verse 14, I, the Lord our God, I will give the rain, the early rain, and the latter rain. This word became alive in my spirit and a sword in my hand. I've prophesied it, I've declared it, I've decreed it, I've prayed it, I've pulled on heaven for it. Shortly later, are you still with me? Shortly later, God gave me a confirming dream in a similar vein to this scripture that I will never forget. I can count on one hand how many times I've had a prophetic dream from the Lord. It's burned into my mind. It's burned into my spirit. I saw our tabernacle, and it was raining on the altar. Somehow the supernatural in this dream became visible, and I was standing where I usually stand, right there in the front. And I began to watch as people rolled in on wheelchairs, and they came into the rain and just began to rise up. Mothers and fathers, they'd carry in their, their sick babies and they'd just carry them into the rain that was falling on the altar and these babies were getting healed. Cripples coming in to get under the rain that was falling on the altar and their limbs would just straighten out. Tormented souls would just walk in to the rain that was falling on the altar and demons would flee without anyone laying hands on them. People of all ages were all over the tabernacle crying out to God in repentance and conviction because the glory of God was so thick, the miracles so undeniable. Children were travailing for lost souls. This dream is it's marked me. Ask for rain in the time of rain. Ask for rain in the time of rain. See, church, we're on the countdown. There's a ticking clock. Now, for a moment, I don't want to preach to you about your situation. I know we need many miracles in here, and we're going to believe for miracles today. But I want you to lift your eyes for a moment with me. I want you to lift your eyes towards heaven. I want to try to preach to you for a moment about eternal things because there is a ticking clock. The hour is coming to a close. We are in the end times. And I need you to understand that there are times and seasons in God. And this is not just about our lives, but I need us to grasp what's happening in eternity right now. That we are in those final chapters. That's the kind of thing that keeps me awake at night. That's the kind of thing I'm trying to make come alive to you here this morning. These are the last days of the church age, and they should be fulfilling days for the church of Jesus Christ. God said he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. At Pentecost, after Jesus ascended, the Holy Spirit came in power. 
It's a very common belief that this was the early rain when the Holy Spirit came in power on Pentecost, the early rain, then some 2,000 years of drought, and then the Pentecostal revival at the beginning of the 20th century marked the beginning of the latter rain. So for the past 100, 120 years, we've seen incredible outpourings of the Holy Spirit. But I came to tell you today that we are on the edge of the greatest outpouring of the latter rain. It's coming. I dare to say it's here. Ask for rain in the time of rain. Ask for rain in the time of rain. Church, I'm compelled to ask you, are we equipped for the harvest? City Reach Church, are we equipped for the harvest? You see, that's what the latter rain was for. The latter rain was for harvest time. The early rain was for planting, for seed time, but the latter rain, it's for the harvest. It's for reaping. Are you ready for your harvest? I know we all say yes, but are you really ready for it? Are you ready for God to release your harvest into your life? Are you ready? Are you ready for when God says there's no going back? See, oftentimes in prayer and fasting, I'm reminded of Deuteronomy 11. I'm reminded of the dream that it rained on the altar. I'm reminded of all the souls that God intends to bring through these doors. I'm reminded of the call on this house to reach the lost and to reach nations. I'm reminded of that dream and that scripture. You see, it's a seed in my spirit that the Holy Spirit has watered with a harvest, hear me now, attached to it. A harvest that I'm already accountable for. A harvest that this house is already accountable for. So in a time of prayer and fasting recently, God began to show me more. The expanded vision, the nations, the multitudes. And he said, are you sure you want this? I said, yes second time. Are you sure you want this? Yes, Father, I'm sure. You sure you want this? A third time. I said, yes. He said, it'll cost you everything. I said, all I want is you. He said, then chase me, pursue me, contend for it, refuse to settle, lay your life down for it, lay it all out there, give me everything. And I was overwhelmed with a deep conviction that my harvest had been released, the harvest on this house was released, and now before God, I was accountable for it. There's a harvest for your life. So I ask you again, are you ready for your harvest? Because once it's released, you're accountable for it. There are souls attached to your life. There's purpose and destiny just for you. You were plucked out of eternity and put on this earth for a reason, for a purpose. And the devil and all his attempts cannot stop it. If you cry out and ask for rain in the time of rain. So this is what I saw. I saw people sick in body. They're in desperate need of a church that had an anointing that could lay hands on them and see them recover. I saw children who had no idea what the glory of God was, such easy victims of Satan. I saw mothers tormented by anxiety and depression, drinking to make it through the day. I saw weak men cheating on their wives that hated themselves. I saw fathers pulled to suicide by Satan himself. I saw all of this darkness. And then I saw our church. I saw fire. I saw people. I saw my hands. I saw our pastor. I saw the rain coming down at the altar. I saw the people getting healed. I saw the children that knew well the glory of God. I saw healed marriages. I saw women set free. I saw bold men of God. I saw a river flow from this place into other nations. I saw crusades. I saw blind eyes open. I saw souls saved. I saw demons fleeing. I saw the harvest assigned to this house. It's been released. And that's why we can't settle. That's why we can't settle. That's why we can't settle. That's why we can't settle.
settle because this house is accountable to God for the harvest. Church, it's raining. It's raining. It's raining. And we have to ask, we have to pursue him more than ever before. I'm tired of Christians praying for something that's already here. Praying for something that's going to come in the future. I'm here to tell you it's here. The rain is here. Revival is here. The greatest outpouring is upon us. It's here. It's here. But you have to step in. And you have to ask. The Bible says ask for rain in the time of rain. And that scripture can be confusing. Why would you ask for rain if it's already raining? Why does God say ask for rain in the time of rain? Because that means it can be raining and you don't get wet. Ask means to crave. Ask means to desire. Ask means to demand. God is saying those that will see the latter rain, those that will see the outpouring, those that will see the increase, those that will see the harvest are those that will ask, those that will thirst, those that will hunger, those that won't settle, that are hungering for his presence. I'm so tired of just a church experience. I want the glory of God. I want the presence of God. I want rain from heaven. So hot preaching. Thank God for this church, for this house, for our pastor, for this fiery pulpit. I thank God for the anointing on this house. I'm so grateful that this isn't a dead house. So grateful that we're seeing what we're seeing because it's glorifying God. And an hour when the world needs to see evidence of a living Savior. We're living in the latter rain right now. I don't know if you're getting it. Let me describe it a little more. The former rains were the winter rains in Israel. That was the time to plant seed. When the winter rains came in November, they would plant the seed in the winter rains. They would, the winter rains would water the seed. It was for reaping. You see the latter rains for reaping. It's for the harvest. It's so that the fruit can be ripened. That's why Jesus said in John 4, 35, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. They are white for harvest. I hear Jesus saying to us today, church, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. The fields are white for harvest. He was saying the harvest is now. Stop saying it's in the future. Stop saying I'll give my life to Jesus some other time. Stop saying Jesus can use me in the future. Now is the time. Your harvest is here. Now is the time. The harvest is now. This is the time when souls will turn to God like never before. We just saw it. This is the time when God's people will move into greater realms of his spirit. This is the time that we'll walk in the gifts without measure and we'll see his glory. We'll see his power. We'll see his presence if we ask. For those of, the, for those of you that don't believe me, I remind you of what we just saw in Honduras. I remind you that God's still opening blind eyes. I'll remind you that he's still opening deaf ears. I'll remind you that people are still getting out of wheelchairs. I'll remind you that he is still with one touch making demons flee at his name. I'll remind you that the Holy Spirit is still on the earth to convict hearts and to bring people to salvation. I'll remind you that even a witch got filled with the Holy Ghost and will be changed forever. I'll remind you that he's the name above every other name. His kingdom is above every other kingdom. His throne's above every other throne. His name is above every other name. So I gotta remind you that he's not done yet. He's not finished yet. And he needs people that will rise up in power and in the fire of God and proclaim him unashamedly 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 fearlessly
I know there's a lot of darkness in the earth right now. I know it's a confusing hour to live in, but I came to talk to you about the light. Because God's moving. He's moving across Central America. He's moving across South America. He's moving across Africa, Asia, and Europe. He's moving across Mexico. He's moving across Los Angeles. He's moving across Whittier. He's moving across this tabernacle right now. He's moving in our children. He's moving. He's pouring out his spirit. But he's saying only those that will ask for the rain will receive. It blows my mind. Sometimes I'm, I'm in service and I have to rub my eyes because it's like the glory comes in like a mist and I can barely see. It blows my mind because I'll look around and, and some people, it's like they're in a freezer, unaffected. That's because they haven't opened up their heart. That's because they've closed their heart up. All you have to do is ask and he will send the rain on your dry soul. All you have to do is ask and he will change all those nasty desires. All you have to do is ask and he will set you free. All you have to do is ask and he'll use your life. All you have to do is ask and he'll pour out another overflow of his spirit and change your life forever. All you have to do is ask. God, he says, no, you can't, you can't just get it. You can't just get my rain. You can't just get my outpouring. You have to want it. You have to thirst for it. You have to lay some things down and position yourself for it. Sometimes you have to humble yourself. Sometimes you have to get on your knees. Sometimes you have to lay on your floor. Sometimes you have to change your position and your posture. It's not just saying, God, send it. It's a heart posture. It's a craving. It's unquenchable. It's like you're panting for water and you have none and you're dying of thirst. That's the heart God pours out on. Ask for rain in the time of rain. This is the time of the latter rain. It's raining right now. It's raining right now. Jesus stood up and he said on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles in John chapter 7, he said, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. Rivers right in the middle of the Feast of Tabernacles, surrounded by people that were looking for the Messiah. Jesus doesn't stand up and whisper. He stood up and he cried out, if you are thirsty, come to me and drink. So many of us are satisfied with a Sunday morning sip and he wants you to drink. He wants you saturated. He wants to fill your life. church as usual. Even this prophetic declaration that we won't settle. We don't want church as usual. Pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit on this house. Let the rain from heaven fall on all those who ask today. God is saying this morning, if you drink of my spirit, if you get in the rain and say, Lord, I'm ready, saturate me with your spirit, soak me with your presence, pour out in my life, suddenly something starts to bubble out of your belly, and hear me now, things start to change. What comes out of your mouth starts to change. How you talk about your spouse starts to change. How you talk about your children starts to change. How you talk about your destiny starts to change. How you talk about your purpose starts to change. How you talk about that fiery trial you're going through. It starts to change because there's something on the inside of you. Rivers, rivers, rivers of living water. Right.
time of rain. Rivers means multiple waterfalls right here multiple waterfalls flowing out of your belly. I don't know about you, but I want the river of God to flow through my life every day of my life. Are you here with me? In the time of rain, ask for rain. In the time of the outpouring, ask for the outpouring. The Lord is speaking to some of you even right now. There's a stirring, there's a thirst, there's a hunger. The river of God will flow in and through your life. I declare it. I decree it. I believe it. I know it with every ounce of who I am that if you ask, he will pour out his spirit. Ask for rain in the time of rain. Ask for rain in the time of the latter rain. Ask for the outpouring in the time of the outpouring. The latter rain depicts the end time outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And this outpouring, hear me now, will increase until Jesus returns. But we have to ask for it. Amos 9.13 says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the shredder of grapes, him who sows seed. This is a picture of a full harvest, a full restoration and revival under the blessing of God. When the plowman overtakes the reaper, that means there will be an outpouring of God and an anointing on the church when you won't be able to sow fast enough because as soon as you sow, you reap. As soon as you sow, already the harvest. As soon as you pray, already the miracle. As soon as you lay hands on the sick, already the healing. Come on, as soon as you give, already the increase. The closer we get to Jesus' return, the closer we get to this, we're in an accelerated period. The closer we get to Jesus' return, the greater this acceleration. The move of the Spirit that we are experiencing will increase the closer we get to Jesus' return. The more darkness you see, the more of an outpouring God desires to send. The more darkness you see, the more rain will fall if we ask. Ask for rain in the time of rain. Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. So you don't cast a devil out with head knowledge. You don't... You don't see the sick healed with head knowledge. It's when the word goes from your head down into your inner man, down into your inner woman, and suddenly that word takes root and it comes alive and you begin to ask God for the things of the spirit because you desire the things that are greater than yourself. You say, God, I won't settle for just an experience. I won't settle for anything less than your fullness. I want to be a witness a blaze for you. I want to be full of your glory. I want to be full of your presence. Fill me with rain from heaven. Overflow in my life so that it flows in me and out of me into everyone I meet. Listen, if you could catch this revelation from your pastor's wife, your family might not get it, but your revelation will be their breakthrough. I believe it. I know it. I've seen it. So come on, somebody. Receive this word here this morning. Hosea 6.3. Let us know. Let us pursue. Say pursue. The knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and former rain to the earth. He will come to us like the rain. There's an acceleration happening right now. It's raining right now. He will come to us like the rain. Jesus said to his disciples in John 4:35, "Do not say there are still 4 months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look. Look at the fields for they're already white for harvest. Ask for rain." In the time of rain. In the time of rain. In this time we're in right now. For a moment, I don't want to talk to you about what's happening globally or nationally. I want to talk to you about your life. Ask for rain. Ask for rain. Don't settle for anything less than an outpouring of his spirit in your life. You didn't get saved just to sit on a pew. 
You didn't get saved to be tormented all the days of your life. You didn't get saved to struggle. You didn't get saved to wake up with anxiety and depression. You didn't get saved to still desire drugs or the things of this world. You didn't get saved to live a complacent, indifferent life. There's an outpouring of His Spirit that's available to every believer. It's the promise of our Father. Jesus said, it's better that I go because my Spirit, it'll come and it'll change you. So you can be a witness. Some of you, God put a dream in you. There are five-fold ministry gifts under the sound of my voice. There's calls, ministries. There's souls attached to your life. There's a harvest for you. And I'm trying to preach to that thing a little bit here this morning to call it forth in the mighty name of Jesus to stir you up so that resurrection power can breathe new life to that dead thing, to that dead promise, to that thing you put on a shelf. I came to preach to you about that thing because it's yours in the name of Jesus. And if you ask for rain from heaven, God will send his rain in the time of rain and pour out in and through your life. God's looking for those that will ask for it. That won't settle for anything less than it. Is there anybody crying for rain here this morning? Is there anybody crying out for the rain of heaven in this Catholic church? Is there anybody that can open their mouth and say, send the rain? Send a fresh outpouring. In church, we always say things like tomorrow. Tomorrow, your breakthrough is right around the corner. It's coming tomorrow, but I need you to understand it's here right now. It's here right now if you ask for it. The Hebrides Revival. There was two sisters, and they travailed night and day over one of my favorite scriptures. And if you lift your hands, I want to declare this over you. It's Isaiah 44, 3. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty. I will pour water on him who is thirsty. I will pour water on him who is thirsty. Korabashi. I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. Jesus, pour out your spirit. Rain from heaven fall. Pour out your spirit today. Stand to your feet, stand to your feet. Thank you for your presence in this place, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you're stirring hearts this morning. Romans 10, 13 says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be will be saved. So if you'll put your hands down for a moment, I want to provide this opportunity. Maybe you're here today and this is all very new to you. Jesus died for you. He really actually did. He died for you. He died on a cross for you. He shed his blood for you. And he's alive at the right hand of the Father interceding for you. And he can change your life if you'll give it to him. So right now, under the sound of my voice, Holy Spirit, I pray you begin to convict hearts. I pray you begin to rush into hardened hearts and soften them under the sound of my voice. Lord, I declare your spirit is blowing through this place in a mighty way. If you want to give your life to Jesus today, I'm not going to count to three. I just want you to lift your hand up right now. 
If you want to give your life to Jesus, if you've ran from him, if you've avoided him, if you need to give your life back to Jesus, I want you to lift up your hand right now in the presence of an almighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you need to give your heart to Jesus this morning, he's waiting for you. Everyone pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, come into my heart and live. I believe you died for me. Take over in my life. Be Lord of my life. Use my life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, church, this morning, I'm compelled to encourage you. If your spirit is dry, come to this altar believing for an outpouring. If you're a born-again believer that has never prayed in a heavenly language, that's been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but you don't have the evidence of speaking in tongues, if you want a full baptism in fire, come to these altars this morning. We want to pray with you. If you're believing God for your harvest, but you've been avoiding it, we want to pray with you. The reign of heaven is in this place. A mighty outpouring of God is upon us. We've seen it in the nation of Honduras. We've seen it at these altars. So if you need a miracle, if you need a miracle in your life, if you're sick and body, there is a God that can heal you, that wants to deliver you, that wants to change your life. There is a God and his presence is here that wants to pull on heaven with us as we believe together for every miracle that you're believing for. So begin to come. Worship team, you can come back up and you can lead us. We want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you this morning. I want to believe with you this morning for everything that God has for you. I want to believe for your harvest. I want to believe for a mighty outpouring. And maybe you don't want prayer, but you want to just bend down at this altar and give some time over to the Lord. Maybe you don't want hands laid on you this morning. Maybe you just need to come forward and say, God, pour out, pour out in my life. I want the latter rain in my life. I want a fresh outpouring of your spirit in my life. Jesus, be glorified this morning. We worship you in this place. We praise your holy name. We praise your holy name. We won't settle, God. We want more of you, Lord. We know you're able, and we know you will. So we're asking, we're asking for you to send the rain in the time of rain. We're asking you to send the rain in the time of rain. We're asking you to pour out your spirit here this morning on all flesh. We're asking you. We're asking you, Lord, for another outpouring of your spirit in our lives. We're asking you, Jesus, have your way. Yes, Lord, send the rain. And send the
Show us your glory, and we want to know you, and we want to see you. Show us your glory, we want to know you, we want to see, we want to see. Show us your glory. 